Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports is ordered. Two fathers in the house. And I got my main man, Skip. I mean, Mr. Logical. <laughs> Mr. Logical. My bad, my bad, homie. My bad, yeah. homie. You know what I'm saying? Sports Reports is ordered here. And tonight, we're going to come better than Team USA. Ain't no Lithuanians taking us out. We're going to get into some college football reaction. Week one is in the books officially. What's up, Clemson? World champions of what? (laughs) (laughs) I guess that makes Lithuania the world champions. They're the NBA champions. I love pettiness. I'm not going to fret. I don't like it when it happens to me, but I like seeing it sometimes. I go for it. Yeah, yeah. Petty Pendergrass. You know what I'm saying? And then we're going to talk about baseball. We're getting close to the playoffs. Pennant races are in effect. We're going to look back at our predictions to start the season and see how we did. Then on Thursday night, y'all, the Detroit Lions and the world, cha- uh, the, the Super Bowl champion. Kansas World City Chiefs. Is a what? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is back. Thursday night, we'll see if he has Travis Kelsey or not. But you know, but in the meantime, you know, we're going to get it started with Get It Off My Chest. But Mr. Logical, what is the word? Yo, like I said, once again, every single week, I'm thankful that everybody's tuning in, trying to get these numbers up, trying to get the 20,000 views before the end of the month. So, yeah, just, you know, send it around, share with your grandma, share with everyone. Uh, You know, a lot of people talk to us through social media. So send us your suggestions. I mean, you know, we'll go from there. But, yeah, like I said, once again, every single time we do one of these episodes, I'm appreciative of you guys allowing us to participate in this and, you know, keeping it going. For sure. You know, saying likewise, you know, but, you know, hey, you know, it ain't over yet. Uh-oh. Technical difficulties there. It ain't over yet, though. You know what I mean? Like, still continue to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. It's all free. We will never charge you but dime, you know. But now it's time for Get It Off My Chest. And I'm going to get us started real quick because mine is petty. Mine is something that I don't even really want to address or talk about, but I just feel like I should just because. But uh, Rich Paul, you know, he's out here carrying LeBron's water again. And, you know, he's telling everybody how if Steph Curry, I don't know why he singled out Steph. Maybe, I mean, I guess, you know, there's the confusion. Is this the LeBron era? era like, you know, yeah. Era, yeah, it is the LeBron era, first of all. Like, he's like the, at worst, he's the second or third best player of all time. It's the LeBron era. Like, cut it out. Steph won some championships. He loaded up his team. But for all intents and purposes, you know, like, so, so, like, if we go back in time, was it the Tim Duncan era? Nobody says that. Nobody says that. But anyway, you know, Rich Paul was talking about if Steph Curry had won the championship in the bubble, then people would respect it and not criticize it and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And you know what? Even I can admit there's probably some truth to that. You know, the problem is, is that he's LeBron homeboy, first of all. So, like, you putting this back in our conscience makes 2-5 think 
This is LeBron still seeking the validation that he feels he doesn't get because all he wants is his damn respect. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I'm giving him his respect. You know, I think most of us are giving him his respect. And the thing that LeBron fans and LeBron himself and Rich Paul don't understand is that for those of us that are not LeBron fans, and that doesn't mean that I'm a hater, I'm just not a fan of him, you know, but the thing that y'all fail to realize is that we turn on the TV every day or turn on our podcast every day and we got people literally simping over LeBron every day, even when it's not basketball season. Nick Wright was even up out here talking about how if LeBron was falling off a cliff next to his wife, he would save LeBron so that LeBron would have the chance to win more championships. You know what I mean? Like all these dudes out here are carrying the water for LeBron James. And if you beat any opposition, if one person says something dumb, it's the whole world. Like, you know, I, me and Mr. Logical was talking and, you know, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless was saying some things. And Mr. Logical's all like, yeah, because people, no, not people, person, person, singular. I can admit that I said that. Just because one person happens to act like a dumbass on national TV every day, don't lump the rest of us basketball people in the middle of all that. You know, this is your war with the LeBron haters. We want no part of it. But I would also say, for those who feel that this bubble championship is only looked down upon because it's LeBron, I would say you're right. But I would also say that y'all are probably a bigger reason for that than LeBron himself is. You know, and I would also say that the only reason that this is even a discussion, period, is because it's LeBron. And I also feel that if, and I said feel because I admit this didn't happen, so I don't have facts, right? So, you know, I'm being real about it. But, you know, but if the Clippers had won that title, don't sit up here and tell me that LeBron fans wouldn't be downplaying it and saying it took the bubble and it took three months off for Kawhi to get his knee right for them to win. And, you know, it took Draymond, you know, to save some legs and all this. Don't, don't act like it wouldn't happen. It happens all the way around. We're sports fans. It's the same reason why people shit on Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan, you know, but give credit to somebody like Vince Young and call him a winning quarterback when he wins game 16 to 13. He's a winner. And then Tony Romo goes out here and loses 28 to 24, and he's a loser. So, you know, this is just sports, baby. Enjoy it. Rich Paul, get out of my space. You know, like, <laughs> tell me how to be a sports agent. You know what I'm saying? Leave the bubble three years ago. Literally three years ago. Yeah, we went back and forth on this uh, in our little pre-meeting. Um, like I said, it the, the, guy, the guy's polarizing. And we can we can hypothetical all of this stuff to death, but when it comes down to it, he he does drive the conversation in so many different ways. It relates to college football, coaches talking about the transfer portal was partly his fault. Um, you know the shoe deals that guys are getting now. That's probably because of LeBron. He was getting them early, big deals. Um, so and granted, Jordan definitely laid out the path but like people aren't getting jordan deals like people are getting lebron deals yeah. like mike yeah you, you you're not gonna top that deal so i think you know the iconic level that jordan is and the polarizing level that lebron is you know they, they kind of parallel and i think that is why 
you we have these conversations. Hence why we're even having it now on our podcast because he's polarizing. No one talks about Rashad McCants, and I've been watching a bunch of random video clips of him and and Gil, Gilbert Arenas, whatever podcast they're on. Hey, that and they've been going said back that and his forth. His team in Lebanon would have a chance to beat the yes, Nuggets. He said y'all lose by 200. <laughs> so, I mean, sports is so polarizing because it doesn't stop. Like, it's it's literally year-round. There's there's a lull in the middle where we, we don't have football, but we have the football conversations. He just happens to be one of the current, you know, most polarizing players. But like you said, it's, it's, hard, to, it's hard for people who aren't fans of him to get on board with these arguments when, you know, his boy brings it up three years after the fact. Even even if there's some truth to it, it's like, why does that need to be hashed out? So I, f- I feel you on that one. But, I, you know, just, just like anything else, sports is all about reactions and the things that happen and, you know, taking things out of context. It just I mean, this man literally going got, about, yeah. this, this man got everything you can ask for. You know, he got all the money. He got four championships. He got, what, three MVPs, I believe. You know, he's got. I think he has four. He's got a beautiful wife. You know, say he's got great children, you know, that are going to do great things. Hopefully everything pans out with yeah, Bronny. Yeah, but the, 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 the man This man's still worried about respect. This man's still worried about what Joe the Plumber got to say. Hey, you listen. Know, Rest in peace, Joe the Plumber, respect. by the way. You know what I'm saying? man wants his damn respect. He man. wants his coach to have it. I mean, end up getting him fired a couple years later. But yeah, still. being quiet will get him some respect that he ain't getting. Nah, you ain't got to <laughs> I, I tell people all the time, listen, you don't have to dim your light so other people can feel like they're shining. Do you believe? <laughs> oh, no, wrong guy, wrong guy, wrong guy. <laughs> so, speaking of shining and dimming lights and a person who would never dim their light, let's talk about prime time in Colorado. Do Not you no believe? Thing. Not necessarily Coach Prime because we knew he was a good coach. He had a good youth league down in Texas. He had high school coach. He went to the HBCU, and now he got the job in Colorado. And they won their game, a uh, very exciting game. Shadir Sanders threw for 510 yards. Travis Hunter played 110 snaps in 100-degree weather. Now, we've been – like, if it was in Colorado – like, all right, that weather in Colorado is kind of dry. 100 degrees isn't that bad, but this is Texas, 100 degrees. That's that's a different kind of heat. I don't know if y'all been to Texas in August. In any part of Texas in August, it's, it's dangerous. So, like, I respect everything that they did on Saturday, but I need everybody to calm down. I need all the pundits to calm down because there's a lot of people. Like, Dion was calling people like, listen, I read that bull junkie wrote. I read that you wrote. I read that. So calm down. You can think that they had a great game Saturday. You can think that they have shown that they are going to be better than they were last year. But calm down. Everybody that doesn't get a Heisman. If I had a Heisman vote, I'd give it. Like, calm down. And it's the same way across the board. I got an FSU fan in one of my groups. Calm down. Not it's week one. Yeah, it's not like, just calm down. Enjoy it. <laughs> Clemson loss. I saw somebody post congratulations FS, FSU winning ACC championship. I'm like, yo, how we get here? How we get here this quick? And it's like, I get it. Fans is short for the word fanatic. Like I actually literally posted it in one of my group. Matter of fact, I think I might still have it pulled up. I hope I do so I can read it off. Not nah, deleted it, but it's short for the word fanatic, and I get it. But the pundits who are jumping on the heels of Colorado. Keep your same energy that you had. Because I read an article that said 
Colorado had the worst roster of any of the Power Five schools. Keep that energy next week. Just keep it going. At some point, you might be right. You don't have to switch it up. You don't have to just heap all this praise on Dion. Dion's going to do his thing. He doesn't need you to fall in line and be this bandwagon guy. Like Mike's argument with LeBron as far as like, look, why do you need everybody to like what you, you don't need it? You just keep shining, keep doing your thing, win, lose, or draw. Stay true to who you are. Do you believe wearing hoodies? I ain't hard to find. I mean, it's like the guy, the guy's masterful of what he's doing. I think people need to just kind of just sit back, enjoy what they see, but calm down. Calm down. Like we're not talking. I heard a pundit talking about the potential to win the Pac-12 this year, go to the Rose Bowl. It wouldn't surprise me if they ran the t- I mean, like, if you didn't think that Friday, and let's keep it on it. If TCU plays that fourth down play a little better, they win. If TCU doesn't take their foot off the gas pedal because they're worried about putting their defense back on the field, and they just they slowed up in the, on their final drive and ran the ball three times in a row after they crossed the 50. I mean, you could have just thrown it. You were throwing it. You were moving it with the quarterback. So I'm not saying that he could have lost, whatever the case may be, but it's not the situation where it's like, oh, they were definitely in control of the game from wire to wire. It was a good game. It got our weekend started off great. I love the fact that they play early. I think that's legit. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of college football because you can talk about stuff all day long. But calm down. Week two will come around because I'm letting people know before we get into this week one NFL, calm down. We want to have the same conversation next Tuesday where people talk about, oh, the Chiefs are in trouble. Oh, the Jaguars look unbeatable. Oh, the Vikings are going to go 0-17. Like, calm down. That's all I'm saying. R-E-L-A-X. You know what I'm saying? But, like, so, so like, yeah, I felt the same way about the primetime thing, you know. Like, uh, you know, like, I, like I was listening to uh, Andy Staples. And he had Jim Nagy on his show, who is uh, one of the guys that runs the Senior Bowl. And he was saying that last season, Colorado was so bad that he didn't even use any of their tape. Like, you know, as far as like when they were looking at players to invite to the Senior Bowl, if they played against Colorado, he didn't even watch the tape. Like they're they're that bad that we're going to gain no scouting from watching this team or this player play against them. So, like, that's a statement right there, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, and, and I keep telling people, you know, and I guess we'll get into our reaction here. You know, I, I kept telling people, you know, like, all right, so Chandler Morris, the TCU quarterback, he actually beat up Max Dugan last year. So he was actually supposed to be the starter and got hurt, you know. But coming into this year, uh, Kendry – Kendra Miller is gone, NFL. Quentin Johnson's gone, NFL. Dugan's gone, you know. And on top of that, you're adding a new offensive coordinator, you know, to the mix as well. So even though he beat out Dugan, this isn't the same system or the same offense potentially that they were going to be running anyway. Yeah, they so, still got 42 points. Yeah, they yeah, still like, got 42 it points. Like they, it wasn't like they went out there like – But the overall you know, point – The Clemson score where they only scored seven points. But, but the overall – which is funny because <laughs> – that was TCU's offensive coordinator last year. But, but you know, but the funny part is, is that all these people, all I heard all last year 
is how awful TCU's defense is. They don't belong. You know, we all saw and knew what was going to happen when they played Georgia because their defense is awful. And then all of a sudden, Colorado comes out here and whoops on them. And now the talk is, well, that's the team that was the runner-up for the national title. You're like, yeah, they lost 65-7. to And you didn't think that they belonged in that title game anyway. So don't use that as a point now. You had to take a shot for every time somebody, like one of the pundits said, national championship runner-up, you'd have been hammered. Like if that was a game you were playing, watching the TCU game, you'd have been so drunk. They kept saying it over and over again. Like, yeah, we get it. They got destroyed in the national championship game. And And the players ain't there. The player's not there. They got destroyed in that game. And even in the game, I think this, these last three games, they're giving up something like 140, 150 points, <laughs> 160 points or some, some well, crazy They gave up 45 like Saturday and gave up 65 to Georgia. So that's one. That's one. I think they gave up 31. I want to say 31 to Kansas State in the Big 12 title game. And then they the Michigan game. Yeah, oh, yeah Michigan, the Michigan game. I forgot up. about that. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're giving up 40 points a game, if not more, 40 to 50 points a game their last yeah. four games. Like their last, like, you know, your three playoff games and now game one of the season. So I don't know how they were ever 20 point uh, favorites, 20 and a half. I wish I would have bet that. Because Vegas needs to make money. Speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that up. Have you seen the line for this week's game? Which game? Colorado and Nebraska. Colorado eight and a half. It's in Boulder. Prom's first game in Boulder coming off of this win. Nebraska lost 13 to 10 at Minnesota, where the quarterback threw three interceptions. Colorado by three and a half. Now, see, Vegas trying to make their money back because they lost a 20, 20 points, even in a college game, is a lot. Because even like we'll, we'll talk about the uh the Clemson Duke game, because that's one of the games like. Like I'm just gonna talk about the games that I like that I watched. I watched right, about right, six right, or seven right. games that, that I was really impressed with. Right. Um that was 28-7, and Clemson had a lot of turnovers, and then Duke got a touchdown late and on last possession. So well, 20 well, points only, is a lot. Well, and that was a like, score came off of Duke muffing a punt that gave them the ball at the 13. And that's why a 20 <laughs> point, that's why a 20 point like uh Spread is a lot. Rutgers, they won their game. I think Rutgers, their safety had the best hit of the weekend. <laughs> Not only was it the best hit, it was well-timed and fully clean. Not like clean because they didn't call it, but it was like legitimately playing cover two. Quarterback dropped it in, wide receivers, hands up, hands on the ball. Safety comes in, lines him up, but turns his whole body. So when he hit him, he basically just like, side bumped him in his chest with his shoulder, but he hit the ball, his chest, his feet went flying. The only thing I'm upset about, the dudes on the Rutgers bench didn't go ape. It happened right in front of them. They're not used to that. They just, just <laughs> kind of look like, because it looked it looked illegal. So I guess my son said maybe they didn't want to cheer because it looked like a penalty, but I was like, nah, you cheer anyway. Just don't cheer over the guy. But like they didn't react the way, because I saw the replay in slow motion. They didn't react the way that the hit was, but like that game was 24 to zero. And then the team got a late touchdown, which yeah. made it, you know, a 17 points. So like in the game that one team dominated, having a 20 and a half point spread was, uh, was pretty tough. 
But that's yeah. why Vegas, that's why it's three and a half now, because Vegas is like, we can't make this mistake again. Well, well we from what I was back. reading, from what I was reading, um, I think they only have Colorado coming into uh I don't know if it was coming into this weekend or after the games, but they only had Colorado power rated about six spots ahead of Nebraska. So as far as Vegas is concerned, these are two even teams, you know what I mean? Breaking in new coaches, new quarterbacks and everything like that. Well, not a new quarterback for prom himself, but for the school, you know? So like, yeah, I'm interested. It's a rivalry game. It's a, you know, I hate Nebraska, you know, due to my Colorado roots and everything. I hate Nebraska. So, you know, I'm here and Prime came out today and said it's personal. Yeah, because Matt Rule was talking slick all offseason. Yeah, he was. But I, I, I think that three and a half points, it if it was Nebraska, if Nebraska was favored, then you should you should favor Nebraska because they only gave up 13 points. I just the only so thing that I was their, just, you figure their defense because that doesn't happen in college football where teams you know hold a team under twenty points. Granted, they only scored ten, but right. you figure you give them the defensive edge. Yes, Colorado had an offensive you know breakout game. You know, Shadir talking about he's never thrown for five hundred yards in any game, and he's like, I just came from HBCU. Yeah, but you figured Nebraska's defense maybe they maybe they'll be able to hold them or maybe. This guy really is as good because uh, Colin Cowher says something. He's like, I text a couple of NFL GMs and they're like, oh, he's a first round quarterback. It's like. I had the one game and you've seen him, you've seen him for years. Like, well, I mean, he was a four star coming years. out of high school, you know, and so I'm, I mean, but that's the thing. I'm not saying that he isn't. But if you didn't think that before the game. Right. How right. did one game make you think oh he's definitely he's the fourth right. quarterback to go in the in the first round like it'll right. go Caleb Williams, Drake May, Riley Leonard, Shadir Sanders. You know like yeah. it's like how how did you get to that off of one week against TCU right. a team that's given up 200 points in the last four games. Well, so that's well, that's that's my thing that 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 you know I don't want to so, keep overusing this word so I'm not going to say it again. So, so my concern, and then I want to hear more about what you're what you were impressed by this weekend. My concern for Colorado, and I said it last night on my uh, week one reaction, is that I just hope that their fans, them, some of the players, that wasn't a Super Bowl for them because, like, all this do you believe and all this like y'all doubted us and all this kind of stuff. It's like, hey, you're one and zero right now. You got. 11 other games, including the end of this month, you got Oregon and USC back-to-back. So I need you to focus, you know. So, like, that's great. You went out there, you beat the national runner-up at their place at Amon Cotter Stadium. But, you know, but but just the over-the-top reaction, like, like if you come out against the – I don't mind the team being I – don't, I don't mind – the, the coaching staff and the players on Colorado feeling like we just – this is evidence of all of our time we put in since – Right, right. My thing is the guy who said on Thursday TCU was going to win by 20, I'm taking that bet to him Sunday morning on Twitter or Saturday night on Twitter, Monday morning on his show, whatever the case may be, talking about all this first round talent now Colorado has like 
how they not have first round talent on Thursday. Right. That's that's my overreaction. The fans, the players. Oh, I want you to feel like you're on top of the world. And I want, <clears> and I know Dion's gonna let them make them feel like yo, you're on top of the world, but you ain't done nothing yet. Right. So, but I think, like for instance, another game where it was just like a shock. We, you know, it happened the other night, uh, last night, the Duke Clemson game. Now, I don't think I've ever recall watching a Duke game. Maybe one with Daniel Jones was playing like against UVA because my dad's a UVA fan, so I've been home and I sat down and watched a few ACC games with him. I've like last night they look big, fast, and aggressive. They 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 Clemson didn't just turn the ball over. Duke was causing those turnovers because on the one fumble to in the fourth quarter where uh the running back number seven he gets the handoff. I thought it was another fumble exchange because it happened so quick. Well, he got to the hole and somebody got their helmet on the ball. And the guy number two, uh, the safety for Duke picked it up, scooped it. And then Klubnik chased him down. And I was like, if he's that fast, <laughs> why haven't they been telling him keep it on these RPOs? But what I when I think about as I think about the game, the Duke defenders were just in every gap. Backfield, yeah. Every every time. So he had to give it up. So and they ran a couple like RPOs and they would throw it to Shipley like off to the left. And that they scored a touchdown off of that. And I thought that was effective. But Duke, those guys are just flying around. They were hitting. I don't, I don't, it was a good game. I don't remember as many penalties. The only penalty that just blew my mind. And if I was Dabble Sweeney, I'd have been losing it. Yeah. The, the, the targeting, the targeting. Uh-huh. And they explained it. But just the way it's written, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, so the like if you if anybody didn't see it, it was fourth and like ten or something like that. Clemson had the ball late in the fourth, down. I think at this point they were down fourteen. The quarterback scrambles to the left and he runs, and the quarterback can slide and protect himself. So you're down where you start your slide. So like the nine yard mark of this fourth and 10, he started his slide. So technically he's down. Well, in that play, the linebacker came over and hit him while he was sliding, which is targeting. They said it was a dead ball penalty and Duke got the ball because the running back was short. The quarterback was short in the fourth. Yeah, once he was down. The play is over. Right. And I was like, that can't be the intent of the rule. Right, because because you know, remember in college, just like high school, once you're on the ground, you're on the ground. Nobody has to touch you, you know. So once he slid, according to them, the play was over basically. And he slid early, so, so, so it was he more. Was four, he, he got a nine yard gain on fourth and ten, so that right. was a turnover and downs. So I guess to them, it would be more of a unnecessary roughness or like a unsportsman like after the play is like how they tried. And I, and I thought that would still give Clemson the ball. It should. It should have been a 15-yard penalty, and, yeah, it should have been first down. For Clemson. Right. And right. I, and that's – that's. I, I don't know if the Clemson, you know, staff, you know, they're writing into the, the ACC, you know, and figuring it out because that seemed like a no-brainer. Clemson should have kept the ball. I don't know right. what other right. rule – I don't know what other penalty they could have called to where they could have applied it because – it could have been targeting, you like you said, unnecessary roughness. 
or just late hit. I mean, something that would give keep because the intent is you're just giving them you're giving the other team the ball right with more yards to go to run the clock out. Right. So they benefited from that hit where they should have been they should have been punished for it. They weren't. Yeah, they lost that guy maybe for the rest of that game, but he could be linebacker number five. It doesn't matter. But you know what? Everybody, circle those calendars. October 21st, Duke at Florida State. You know, get ready, you know, but uh Game but yeah, you see title apparently in October. Yeah, but but you know, but it goes back to uh what I was talking about last week. You know, Clemson just doesn't have playmakers. You know, we went through Sammy Watkins, you know, so on and so Justin forth. Ross, all the, yeah, yeah, Deion Kane, all the receivers that they had. They just don't have that. Like uh Williams was supposed to be that, but I didn't see Clemson receivers getting any separation. I saw their offensive line getting pushed around, you know, which was shocking. And it goes back to Dabo doesn't go into the portal, you know, because, like, remember, Florida State LSU the other night, you know, Keon Coleman came from Michigan State. He wasn't a Florida State recruit. He wasn't a he wasn't a day one. But Florida State realized a weakness or understood a weakness and when it got to when it took care of it. Clemson is still trying to build it. Not saying that they're wrong, but you know, they're trying to build it internally and organically, which is fine, but you have to be able to identify when you have a shortcoming and you have to try to address it. And uh so so teams like Clemson are gonna be stuck in the mud, and you get these games like this where Teams are going into these portals and teams are they have they have they have the talent that you're supposed to have. Yeah, you're, Texas you're, has a wide receiver that played for Georgia in a national championship game. He's suited up for, for Texas against Rice. Craziness. So it's like, how do you I get it if you if you're a good recruiter, then maybe you want to just keep recruiting the old school way. And I, I you know, you say you respect that. But when you aren't good at it, like uh, or, or it's not even a, not even necessarily a quick NFL tip. Like Bill Belichick was not good at drafting cornerbacks, so he would just go get a guy like Stephon Gilmore when the other his original team doesn't want to pay him. He's like, cool, I've watched you for three years. Right, 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 right. Come on over here, hey Revis, you've been in the, you we game planned against you for all these years. Come on down here for a couple of years, get get you a ring. So like that's that's the kind of element like well, well yeah and I think that's good. what it is is because like Clemson isn't necessarily recruiting bad players they're, they're just they're just they're just freshmen or they're sophomores that don't have a lot of playing experience whereas these other teams are going out here and getting this junior or senior that's been starting for three years and or probably playing on a bad team like yeah. right and so so like. You are probably more talented than them, but they have the experience and have been there before, so they perform better. Yeah, Duke looked like the ranked team last night. Yeah. Like they looked defensive offensively, they looked their quarterback did not look like a first round pick. He looked tough, he looked gritty. He didn't look like when I put the when I put the TV on and Kyler Murray was playing at Oklahoma, I'm like, okay, yeah. If this dude was 6'2", he'd be no doubt he would have been a number one pick. It shocked me that he went number one overall as a you know five nine guy. But that 
watching him play at 6'2", you're like, okay, he's without a doubt a first-round draft pick. Right. When you saw, you know, when you see Caleb Williams, the way he moves around, you can see, okay, I can see why teams want him because he does he does look like a man amongst boys. The Duke defense looked like they were playing JV versus varsity at some certain point, especially, <laughs> especially in like the in the, the the red zone and the green zone. They just were playing way tougher. Uh, Penn State Penn State looked good, but I think you know once again they they kind of overmatched their opponent. They looked good. That environment, the with all those fans, I think some I think the number was like one hundred ten thousand people. I'm like that. I've driven out to Western Pennsylvania. I don't think there's 110,000 people in that area. I don't know where <laughs> to get these people from. Because I drive by farms, and there's like one section of houses, and then like a couple of buildings here. It's not a lot. So wherever they're getting these 110,000 people to come to the stadium, on top of the probably, you know, 10,000 people outside of the stadium and then bars and restaurants around the stadium. It's all the people driving from Pittsburgh. Yo, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy that that many people are there, but they look good. I like the way they were moving. Like their quarterback looks confident with the headband and the hair. Looks that like, was his know, first. That was his first start. He looked. He looked comfortable. He looked confident. Uh, Pac twelve went twelve and zero. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, if you're gonna go out, <laughs> you, yeah. might well, you might as well go out properly. Yeah, and I gotta say real quick, Chip Kelly got him one. That Dante Moore, you know, freshman coming in this year. He better start the rest of the season. Like, I've seen enough, you know, like just go ahead, go eight and four this year, and you know, join the Big Ten next year, ready to rock and roll. I didn't see any UCLA games. Who's Dante Moore? Quarterback? Yeah, he's the quarterback, freshman quarterback. Um where? he was he was an Oregon. I don't know where he's from, but he was an Oregon recruit originally, and then he decommitted from Oregon and went to UCLA. So, you know, and uh so but he didn't start. He didn't start. You know, um, but Chip was rotating quarterbacks and he came in the game and just jolted the offense, you know, threw a nice long touchdown pass. Like he just looked the part like he just looks like like when I when I look when I look at Chip Kelly and I see what Dante Moore brings to the table, it looks like one of those perfect matches. So, you know, I know like. Just just play them now. Go eight and four, seven and five this year. It's gonna suck. And then next year be ready to rock and roll in the Big Ten. Like if you haven't made your mind up then yet, you go with the guy that you go with the upside guy. Yeah. Like if you like the, the old adage, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Right. Go with the guy with the most upside. They got one. The other, they got the other one. guys ready. You <laughs> say they got one. Uh talking about a yo, the guy Milton in uh Tennessee. Yeah, Joe Milton, yeah. Yo that arm. This dude casually, I watched the replay probably like four times I was doing the math. He casually flicked his wrist. His back foot was on the 13-yard line. The ball came down, I want to say like the 23 when the dude dropped it. He was wide open, but it just was like, you're not, you're not supposed to be able to do that as a human. Like, just... What some of these guys can do, they talked about the the backward quarterback in Texas when he came in the game. He needs to learn some touch. Yeah. Cause right now he was out there throwing slants like Brett Favre. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna break somebody's face mask if they're not paying attention. Yeah. But he was throwing it hard. And he was like, and I'm like, yo, y'all up 38 to three or whatever the score was, and you just came in. But he was so, throwing so, some heaters. So speaking of Tennessee, real quick. 
where did it all go wrong for UVA football? Like UVA was such a proud team, you know, like what's wrong with UVA? It's, it's the same. It's, it happens to a lot of the schools that have high academic standards and they rest on those academic standards versus whatever they get athletically. North Carolina has high academic standards. I like I said when I was in high school, I, I just thought all these schools that I saw on TV, Duke, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, you know, growing I went to high school in Virginia. So I used to see all these teams. I didn't realize how difficult it was getting to college. Like my junior year in high school, and I was looking at the SAT requirements, GPA requirements, you know, community service requirements, everything else, the classes you had to take. And I was like, yeah, what's this difficult to get to UNC? How they filled this basketball team? Georgetown is a school like they just produce lawyers. They're like Northwestern. Yeah. But, you know, their their athletic program was popular enough and it was good enough for so long that they also put effort into that. UVA, their athletic program hasn't ever really been like the top of the mountain, even with all the Virginia athletes that come like Virginia Tech gets a lot of players. But most guys leave. They don't go to UVA if. Like this, some guy goes to Virginia Tech, like, you know what? We're going to recruit this guy. He's going to come to UVA. Most guys don't stay in state. But UVA is like, yeah, football isn't our primary reason we exist as a school. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they have such an academic, you know, reputation. Well, that's like, uh, I think it was that's Georgia why they Tech. lean on that. Yeah, I think it was Georgia, Georgia Tech. the same way. They, they uh, make everybody take an algebra class, like, or whatever, like an engineering class, no matter what your major is. As a freshman, you have to come take some kind of calculus or something. I had like I literally I remember like talking to my friends who were getting into these schools, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to community college." <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like I said, I just it just I just didn't have like I didn't have those boxes checked, but I didn't realize like how the the level that these boxes were. Because like I said, I was right. a sports fan, so I watched sports, so I didn't realize that UNC you needed a a 1300 on your SATs to even apply. It wasn't even like, this is what you need to get in. It was like, you need this to send us an application for us to consider you. Just for us to see your handwriting. Just for us to see <laughs> you, because you couldn't type it. It was all handwritten. Just for us to look at your paperwork, you need this score on your SATs. Yo, you need you- this GPA to match. And if it doesn't line up, maybe you get a legacy because your parents went there. But if it didn't line up, your guidance counselor like, no, nah, don't even send it. Like They're, yeah. they're going to reject it off the bat. You know who I watched this weekend? I watched the Iowa Hawkeyes. Because you know, the march to 325 points for Brian Ferentz. And man, they got up 14 nothing. And I said, ooh, this man trying to keep his job. 24 points. 24 points. <laughs> he didn't even beat the benchmark still. You know, and that's like- the thing is like <laughs> you can't even enjoy your win with that kind of stipulation on it. Your guys go out there and play their asses off, and the score is 14-14, and they drive in the field goal range, and they you win 17-14. You're like, man, my average is God, no. No, my average is 21 points. It's like Yeah, so he already behind. He already behind the eight ball, you know. Yeah. And they got Penn State in a few weeks, so, you know. Yeah, they, they're, they're getting seven points out of that game. You know, and then, uh, you know, Oregon State, you know, my surprise pick to make the – Pac-12 title game, you know, DJ Uyangale, you know, look good. You know, they, they like I was watching Clemson last night because K. Klubnik is supposed to be the future. So, you know, I wanted to see that 
contrast. Like, what is he doing that they felt DJ wasn't doing? And as I was watching them, even though they had a new offensive coordinator, they looked like they were running the plays that DJ was running for Kate Klubnick. But then when they ran him in Oregon State, it worked. <laughs> yeah, Kate, like, I don't know if it was a matter of not knowing what open is on some of those some of those routes. It felt like he was holding the ball a little long, but he's athletic and it it didn't I don't really recall them getting him on the edge to get a lot of open throws, like right deep crossers. And sometimes like he'd hold the ball so long that they were watching his eyes and they would just lock in. So he would throw this corner route and the linebackers underneath and the safeties over top. And it's like, yep, that's deflected. And that ended the drive. Like I said, they didn't use his legs. When he chased down that safety, because he was on, you know, like sometimes it's like, oh, that guy's free and clear. When he when he scooped the fumble, I was like, okay, boom. They're about to be up 28-7. And he chased him down. He chased him down like the 40. He picked yeah. up the fumble like the five. It wasn't like he chased him down like DK Metcalf when he got to Buda Baker, and he, but he was still inside the 10. Right. He, he caught old boy at the 40. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> and he was number one. They say he was the number one dual threat quarterback in the class of 2022. It was like, well, you're not using the second part of his attributes at all. Right. Right. So, you know, how about the Gamecocks getting mollywopped by the Tar Heels? Why did Frank Beamer grab old uh, uh, Mac Brown? Grab Shane by? Beamer. Shane Beamer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll call him Mac Beamer. Uh, what? Like, I saw the pictures. I was trying to figure out, like, what happened here? Was it like a, hey, I know your daddy kind of thing? Or Yeah, I think he was. Like yeah, I think that's what, it, that's what I thought it was, <laughs> you know. But, like, man, Spencer Rattler got sacked eight times. Could have been a lot more than that. Drake May showed why. People love him the way that they do. Uh, I was shocked to see North Carolina's defense flying around the way that it was because that's usually their Achilles heel. So we're going to find out in two weeks what that really is because South Carolina got to go between the hedges to play Georgia. That's so, funny. That's two North Carolina versus South Carolina matchups, and North Carolina won both. You know, so I'm excited, you know, uh, to see if if Rattler can stay alive against Georgia. But now North Carolina, you know, maybe I got to look at them a little differently now. You know, I don't know. Like maybe it's too early to have that type of reaction. But their defense like held up because, you know, South Carolina, usually when they play each other, South Carolina usually out physicals North Carolina. SEC schools normally do. They normally just and I don't I don't like I don't know what it was. Like I said, I was watching Penn State. Texas. The I was listening to, I believe it was, I don't know if it's Herb Street, I can't remember who it was. I don't think it was, but they cycled in something like 11 or 12 different defensive linemen and like 23 different players on defense. So they essentially had starting unit and a reserve unit and they would mix them all in because it was so hot. And of course, anyone who builds a stadium and it's in the sun the home team had the shaded side for right. the game. Rice was just over there, literally steaming like rice. I mean, it was so hot on that side. Oh, well, yeah, trust me, man. We already like hit like 65 degrees. days of 100 degrees, so trust me, I know. It was, they said, the beginning of the game, when she measured the temperature off the turf, it was like 165, like in the sun, right. sun beaming on the grass was 165. Right. But then in the second half of the game, 
Texas had the fans and the and the awnings and everything else. It was like 80 degrees in their general area. And on the right side, it still was over 100. And they just they just just out just out physical rice. And then you got JT Daniels is like, I don't I think playing a sport and being a college athlete might be like the thing he loves to do. But you're not putting a lot on tape that is making NFL teams think that you're going to have any value. Because it's the same thing when, like, if a guy's a senior in college, they'll take in the NBA draft, they'll take the guy who played one year OTE because it's like we see the upside versus the guy who played four years at Michigan. Why you ain't leave yet? (laughs) How can you weren't good enough to leave yet? (laughs) <laughs> JT Daniels was in, he was in the class with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. It's like, dog, why are you still he's on his at, third school at Rice? Four. Oh, four. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, school. he went to USC, USC, Georgia, West Virginia, West Virginia and now Rice. And now Rice. Yeah. And it's like you you should look like the way your boy down in Florida State looked. 23-year-old quarterback playing against 19 to 20 and 21 year old defensive players you have a couple years of experience on them you should look like that you should look like you are older stetson bennett stetson bennett was 24 25 in his national championship games it looked like it looked like he was a man amongst boys JT daniels lost his job to stetson bennett <laughs> That's what like you you just i mean granted yet yeah, i mean you got a team cycling in 23 players of a team that good, you know, Texas is good. So I think Alabama's got gonna have a, some trouble with Texas, but that that was a good game. I watched, uh, I think I watched that whole game, and then what came, that because that came on after the Colorado TCU game, and like my stream just went to that one. I'm like, I bet so I just watched that one, but I was impressed, I was impressed with the teams that won. Um, I was thinking back to our conversation about who was going to look good and who was going to look good for the future and who needs a signature win early. Like I said, I like Penn state. Obviously I like Utah. They got to do, have to do more with the offense. They got to be more productive or just, you know, a little bit more explosive. FSU look good. Um, LSU playmakers on the outside. Do you have them? Is Jalen, Dan- Jalen Daniels, is, the, is he the guy? Is is, was he worth the no, transfer? I've always been down on him. And, and you know, because he had a lot of hype, like his freshman year at Arizona State. He was supposed to be like this Kyler Murray, you know, Caleb Williams type, you know. And I just never saw it. So that's why coming into this season when everybody was saying, like, he's the dark horse Heisman and LSU's going to – and I was just like – because remember originally when we made our playoff picks, I had LSU in my playoff originally and then after I, I had to just think about it and i was just like no i can't trust him like i think their backup is better you know but you know i don't have that fact because he doesn't play very much but you know just if what they say about him is true i've seen enough of Jaden daniels to know that he's not a championship quarterback you know uh but the coach and the coach and the coach quarterback combination doesn't seem to fit either. Right. It doesn't, you know, it because just, you have you, you have so much talent that you're getting between 
that your recruiting your recruiting radius is ridiculous. Your your money is crazy. You got air conditioned helmets. It's like you should be able to put a an unbeatable team out there pretty you know pretty consistently. I know the SEC is tough, but Bama does it, Georgia does it. Gears when Auburn has the players, they run it. Like, you know, when these certain teams in the SEC, when they have the advantage, when Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, I mean, that, that team is all first-round draft picks. It was crazy. And it looked like it. Like it, when Alabama had Hurts and Tua, you know, both quarterbacks now. Granted, Hurts went in the second round, but he's already been in the Super Bowl. He was second in MVP. Tua was a first-round pick. He was lead MVP candidacy early on last year uh mccorkle jones Devonte smith michi rugs when they have first round talent all over the field they dominate like that lsu has first round talent second round talent on the team every year and i don't recall really ever thinking that they were going to be like the team to beat in the SEC. I've always felt like it was going to be because they, they they change coaches too often. I think for a team with that much talent, you should be a little bit more consistent with your leadership. And I think that's that's always something that you know shakes me funny. Is like Kirby Smart took over for Mark Rick. I don't see Kirby Smart not being Georgia's coach in two years, even if they go nine and three, nine and three, nine and three. I don't think they would be like, you know what? We need a new coach in here. I think they would still trust his process, trust the fact that he got him back-to-back national championships the same way Nick Saban. Because Nick Saban had a couple of years where they didn't win it all or they didn't win the SEC, but they didn't say, you know what? I think we need to go a different direction. So I think LSU does that a little too often. Notre Dame is another one of those schools that does it where you just – USC, USC, it's, it's played USC for a while. Mm-hmm. At post Pete Carroll, like just they just keep getting either getting the coach wrong or not giving the coach. Well, they time. had the well when Pete Carroll left, they had the whole probation thing, you know, as well. So that played a role into that, you know, yeah, like Clay, but they, I think they Clay fired Hilton. the coach. They fired the coach before the probation was lifted. I'm like, just let him play it out. Yeah, they left Kiffin on the tarmac, you know, like. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, so like, you know, but yeah, you know, week one is in the books, you know, I'm looking forward to week two, you know, of course, you know, so, you know, um, one last note I wanted to hit on uh, week uh, one is like Ohio State, like, and I don't even want to talk about Ohio State because that goes without saying, like, they they just didn't look good. But I was trying to understand what Indiana was trying to accomplish because, they held Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Ibuka to combine five catches for 34 yards. But I felt like when Indiana was on offense, they were down 7 nothing, but they were running out the clock. So it was like literally like, Yo, if we can get out of here like 14 to 3, that's a good win for us. Like, you know, like that's that's how they came across, you know, like like you have playing not to lose or playing not to get embarrassed. Yeah, it's like it's like you you're playing against Ohio State. Haven't beat Ohio State. I think they said it was like since 1988 was the last time they beat Ohio State. That's a long you, time. That's a long time. I was seven years old, you know, and and, and you know, so you're down seven-nothing in the second quarter. So you played them tooth and nail 
you know, move for move for the most part in the first quarter. You're at home. And they're just like literally holding the ball, snapping it with four seconds left on the clock. And they're not moving. Like they're still playing conservative. So it's not like hold the ball, let's run a play action or something. It's like, yeah, hold the ball, take a shot. Yeah, they're just running into Ohio State defenders. And then, you know, like, I don't know. Like, like McCord didn't throw a touchdown. He threw a pick, you know, 239 yards, no touchdowns. So now what happens? Ohio State gets Youngstown State this week, the Penguins. You know, they get my Hilltoppers next week. And then they go to South Bend. So you got two weeks to figure this shit out, you know, and figure out if McCord is going to be your quarterback or if you're going to give it to Devin Brown. But I feel like Ohio State went into that game, even though they named McCord the starter, I think there was still wiggle room where he was on a leash or something. You know, like I felt I like – I think most of, these, most of these schools are probably replacing quarterbacks. That's why they're lucky to get this this preseason tune-up, these preseason tune-up games because either the – you know, conference opponents that are normally just at the bottom of the rankings at the at the every season, or you play a Youngtown State. Or yeah, you play... Clemson was happy to see Duke instead of North Carolina, and they so they thought. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they were, they, yeah, they were like, "Yo, Syracuse ain't available." Like, <laughs> we'll play Duke. Yeah, should have played, played somebody else. Should have played like Norfolk State or. You know what I'm saying? Like they got Charleston Southern this weekend. You should have played them. Yeah. You know? Also, <laughs> like, but you, if you want to be on TV, I guess you, you do that. But it's, like I said, it's the same narrative when you you pick your homecoming game. You pick a yeah. team that's traditionally beatable. Mainly beatable by you. So yeah. you're not at the dance just thinking about football. Like, man, I wish I got that sack. <laughs> like, yeah, you out there? You you ready? Ready to turn up? So, yeah, this is my opportunity to let America know that the team that Mister Logical chose to win the World Series is now sixty nine and sixty nine. Yeah, <laughs> now granted, not wrong before. Now granted, their best player has only played sixty four out of the hundred and thirty eight games, or sixty five out of the hundred and thirty eight games now. So you know, we'll give them a little bit of a pass on that one because Aaron Judge was hurt for a, a majority of the season. You know, but uh, I'm looking at this and we were looking at the playoff matchups as they would stand today. Correct. So so, so walk us through that, Mr. Logical. What the, what the American League looking like today? You just want me to do it just so I can say the Orioles and never won. No, I just want you to do it so we can talk about baseball. Shout out to my pops. He's an Orioles fan. He's been an Orioles fan his whole life. So you know what I'm saying? How about those O's? I I, I wish we talked baseball more because this is a pretty remarkable. We started off with the National League if it makes you feel better. No, I, I like the American League. There's more American League teams, you know what I mean, that I rock with. I have more American League hats. We'll go with that. Uh we got Houston number two. Always seem to be in the running. They just like they they built their team and they just they just made the right moves to keep their keep their guys competitive. Minnesota got Verlander back. Got Verlander back. Then you have to Photoshop <laughs> pictures of them. They just use the same ones. Uh, so we got Minnesota three. 
Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Rays, always a good team, but it just doesn't seem like, I think collectively it just doesn't seem like baseball keeps the fans. We talked about that and now, you know, uh, Seattle at five, and then you got Toronto and Texas vying for six to the sixth and final wild card spot. Uh, it's a tight race in the AOS. I like the new format of getting six teams in. Um, the best of three first round, best of two second, best of five second round, best of seven third and fourth, you know, third round being a championship series, and then the World Series best of seven. Um, because I've always, I was always weary like. It's October weather sometimes can be tricky. You know, you're playing a baseball game in October. It might be 30 degrees, 35 degrees during the day. You're trying to throw a baseball at 7 p.m. because you want the primetime game. It's a pretty cool game. Like uh, one of my – one of the family friends, their son plays travel baseball. They have they have fall ball. I'm like, like, is there – you know, when they cut off the temperature, he's like, man, sometimes it's some cold games, but you just play them as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, so I like the matchup. So, at this point, you'd have Baltimore and Houston with a first-round bye. So, you get the 3-6 matchup of Minnesota versus Toronto or Texas and the 4-5 matchup, Tampa Bay versus Seattle. Seattle, I saw some the other day. They didn't make the playoffs when they had Randy Johnson, Ken Griffith Jr., and Alex Rodriguez on the same team, mm-hmm. and A-Rod and – Ken Griffith Jr. were like second and third in MVP voting. It's like how you missed the playoffs. But and then, and then if I remember baseball, correctly, if I remember correctly, right after A Rod left, they won like 116 games or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, A Rod was like a curse for a while. Did they, yeah, was it Ichiro on those teams? I don't think so. I think that was Ichiro before was little, Ichiro. Okay. Yeah, pre-Ichiro. Um, so you had some correct picks. You know, up to this point, because September is crazy in baseball. It is. I remember it the is. years when um when the Rockies went on that run and they won something like twenty one out of twenty two games. Mm-hmm. Uh, St. Louis did it one year where they went on this run through August, September, and it was they had some crazy shot like fourteen thousand to one right. to win the World Series, but then they went on this run. Well, since you brought it up. Pop quiz time. <laughs> what team has the best record in the major league since August 1st? Since August this last month? Yeah. September 5th right now. Since August 1st. That's 47 games. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm looking at the wrong one. My bad. But yeah. No, no, go ahead, though. But still August. August. Uh... With AL American League, no, just in the league. In the league. In the league. Yeah. Cincinnati. No. Cincinnati's not even top five. Oh well, they have forty-four comeback wins this year, so that's yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I just watched their game, and they have a star in Dela Cruz. Oh like, yes, they do. He, yes, he, they he do. Have a dribbler to shortstop. But to answer your question, I'm out. Phone a friend. What we got <laughs> well, the, Dodgers. the Dodgers at 25 and 7, followed by the Braves at 23 mm-hmm. and 9. The reason I bring that up is because that's my NLCS, you know, and uh, it makes sense. They're 1 2 right now, yeah. Since, 20, since, since 2021, they've played 25 times 
with the Dodgers having a 13 to 12 advantage. They've played seven times this year with the Braves having a four to three advantage, including three out of four last weekend. So, you know, so to take it back full circle, my World Series pick, it was the Braves over the Astros. So I think I'm going to stick with that. That looks pretty good. But if we go back a little further, because I had my papers mixed up, that's why that happened. So, right. so, if we, so if we look at the best records since the All-Star break. Now that makes more sense. Who has the best record since the All-Star break? Seattle. Seattle's number two. Ah, it's close. Yeah, because they had like that twelve game winning streak or whatever it was. They so they so Seattle's thirty two and sixteen since the not through today through last night. They were thirty two and sixteen uh, through last night. Minnesota. No, Minnesota's not top five. Who we got? The Dodgers. <laughs> Should have known. You know, thirty three and fourteen over that stretch. Uh, in case you were wondering out there, the Orioles. You know, are tied for second with Seattle at 32 and 16. Uh, the Braves are fifth at 30 and 17. But I think what shocked me is because, you know, at the beginning of the year when we first started, sports reports is ordered and all that baseball came along. The Tampa Bay Rays had won their first 13 games. And, like, you know, they were like 21 and two, looked like they were just going to run away with it. You know, since the All Star break. They're 25 and 20. You got to come it, back to, you know, the quote two five, come back to the mean. Yeah. Since August 1st, 18 and 11. So, you know, uh, Tampa Bay's had a rough run of it. I mean, don't count them out, though, because, you know, they're always there in the thick of it. So, you know, come playoff time, you know, I think they will be a dangerous team. But I'm going to stick with the Braves and the Astros. But 2-5 doesn't always get it right, you know, because I picked the Cardinals. I picked so the Mets. I picked the Cardinals to win the NL Central. And if you notice, they're in last place behind our beloved Pirates, who yo, they know, started off so they were so impressive when they started off. We hey, I'm keeping them. the dream alive. The Pirates are only like seven and a half games out of the wild card. I'm keeping hope alive. So they gotta have one of those Colorado <laughs> Rocky kind of runs. You know I mean, what I mean? Crazy things have happened. Well, the Mets aren't even out of the wild card just yet. So, you know, uh I mean they are for all intents and purposes, you know what I mean, unless something crazy happens. But yeah, theoretically they still have a chance. Yeah, you 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 get a streak, you get them early, you get like a you get an eight out of ten. Right. You know, then you'll win, you know, then you'll get six out of ten, then you'll go nine out of ten or something like that so you if you're a good team that's how it would go like you'll have a stretch where you're just on and then you you know you average and then you're on and you average whereas some teams are just they play average and then they play poorly like it's, right. it's not a lot of like the yankees right now are playing that 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 kind of like on poor right so they're right, on right. for a little bit then they're poor for a little bit hence why their record is 69 69 most NFL, uh mlb teams are just like you get like the ebbs and flows. Right. And that's why it's not a lot. That's why like a lot of those teams are sellers at the trade deadline. Cause it's like, we aren't playing. We don't have a streak where we are eight and two and 10 games or 17 and eight over 25 games. We don't have that block and that we've completed. So it was like, let's just go ahead and move some of these pieces, get, get off some of these salaries and then come back. And get some get get these young guys in there, get them swinging bats, get these guys up from the minors, 
and then just see if we can make it through the season and be ready to, you know, you know, lock clock ready to rock for the following and, season. So I think and, a lot of a lot of baseball teams make that. And unfortunately, early. For, unfortunately for the Rays, you know, formerly known as the Devil Rays, you know, uh, they got some other things going on as well. You know, they got Wander Franco, career high. 281 with 17 home runs and 58 RBIs on administrative leave because he's been accused of touching young girls. So uh, that's going to be hurting, you know, come playoff time. Um, the Dodgers, you know, and related news, not the young girls, but uh, Julio Reyes, you know. Domestic violence. Yeah, domestic violence. So, you know, he's on felony domestic violence. Felony. Well, not even domestic violence. I had to look this up because, you know, you're the legal guy. So maybe, maybe I, I'm going to lean on you to maybe explain this. But uh, felony corporal injury on a spouse or cohabitant. It means he beat the hell out of her. Okay. Corpor <laughs> corporal injury. Because I remember back when we were young. When our parents used to whoop our ass, they called it corporal punishment. You know, so like that's where my mind went. Like, I was like, damn, was he out here hitting her with belts? Or like, you know, was he like, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to joke around about it, but like I was just trying to like figure out like, you know, what does that entail? But yeah, so that could come just, back. Just to bite think, the think about this. His bond was fifty thousand dollars. I'm not saying most you get domestic it's like a misdemeanor you push her police come it counts as it's it's it meets the criteria but if right. you get a felony domestic violence charge that means like if you slap someone that's like great hardy status it's yeah like you you did you did something you went a little overboard and then the information is going to come out and it's probably gonna be a little bit it's probably gonna be tough it's probably gonna be uh either he has a history of it or he is just like he just went over the top right. with whatever. Either he pulled a weapon, or he hit her with something, and maybe hit her with a gun, hit her with some, or the fact that he's a professional athlete and he's beating on her, like you know, say, oh, he's strength and condition X Y Z. Essentially, his body becomes a weapon, like right. Mayweather and Mike Tyson and these boxers, they are considered like MMA guys when they get these charges because you're considered. Uh -huh. a weapon because of your fist like what you do physically what you do is your day-to-day -day job makes you a a weapon in that yeah regard. for lack of better words yeah and you know and you know so yeah like uh you know you also uh you know you picked the brewers to win the central so you know that's looking good right now you know uh you know the the al you didn't do so well on like the guardians you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't do so well there. Yeah, um, I picked the Padres to win the NL West, so you know that wasn't my finest hour. The Padres spend so much money; they're like the Yankees of the West. The Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Padres—like the amount of money that they spend on some of these guys. You know, the contracts they're offering—you know, twelve years, four hundred million. Well, I was you pretty know. close to picking the Padres to win the World Series because, you know, uh, we talk about the Buffalo Bills and how Kansas City is their boogeyman. That's how I felt about the Dodgers. So when they eliminated the Dodgers for the playoffs last year, you know, I thought, like, okay. like Carry over. Yeah, they exercised that demon. Even though they lost 
to the Phillies. You know, it was like they exercised that demon. And now starting a new season, Tatis was coming back. You know, it's like, yo, everything's just falling into place for them. Now they still have a chance to get the wild to get a wild card spot. They're uh I believe they're five and a half back of the Giants for one of the wild card spots or uh behind the Marlins right now for one of the wild card spots last I looked. So they still have a chance to get in. So maybe hypothetically, if they get in, match up with, you know, they get the six, match up with the three. Maybe they could beat the Brewers and then get the uh, get the Dodgers in the second round, and maybe we'll see if there's like, something to that. So what I'm I'm looking at um I'm looking at the standings right now. Yeah. So all the teams in the NL, you know, National League, like their last ten. So you got a couple teams: Braves, Phillies, seven to three in their last ten games. Yeah. And you got six and four, five and five for the Mets, two and eight for the Nationals. And it seems like every division has that a team that's six and four in their last 10, 73, five and five, another six and four and four and 16. That's NL Central. And then out West, same thing, five and five, four and six, four and six, four and six, two and eight. So teams don't tend to tend to get hot. Like they, they, like I said, they taper off. So the Padres would just literally have to get hot because they're 20 games back in their division. Yeah, they're not. And then it's like, are you are you yeah. are you motivated? Are you motivated to even get to the wild card? Like, are you? Do you want the season to go past September? Well, Toronto is the only team so far publicly that I've heard address it. You know, their manager and a few of their players came out a few weeks ago and said something along the lines of like, "I don't know why we're not being urgent right now." You know, so they're the only team that I've heard like that has explicitly. Yeah, but they have seventy six wins. They don't have sixty six wins. Right, 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 right. Wins, they would be planning whatever trips people go on on one October. Like, <laughs> like where where do people go in one October? Because it's it's probably you go to Hawaii. Be, Toronto's gonna be kind of chilly. So like, are we planning this trip to? Are we gonna do this Alaskan cruise line? Because. I'm gonna be free October 1st because I got 66 wins right. and there's you know 25 games left in this month, the 25 days left in September, and we need we need like you know solid <laughs> 90 wins to or like we need about <laughs> we have 66 wins, we need about 82 to 84, and we are six games back. Like yeah, That's all right, so unlikely. All right, so I'm gonna stick with my pick. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with the Ash, uh, the Braves over the Astros. All right, so you know, you got your Yankees that are out of it right now, and probably correct, not gonna correct. get back in it. I mean, you they're know, seven and three in their last ten, but you know, yeah. So they, so, they got to go twenty-seven and three in their last thirty. <laughs> so, so this is your mulligan. This is your mulligan. Who you got in the World Series? All right, so shout out to my pops. <laughs> I used to like when I was playing baseball, I was a big Braves fan. So I'm gonna go Baltimore beats the Braves. Okay. I can live with World that. Series. I can live with that. We'll you go with that. I mean? We'll go with that. I think that I think that's a. I think that'd be dope. Yo, you know, it's so Maybe crazy. Not buy a ticket. World Series tickets aren't crazy either. It's it's so crazy. Like I like I was thinking about this the other day. I was talking to uh White Adam. Cause you know, he's a Braves fan <laughs> and we were talking about the possibility of Baltimore and Atlanta, you know, playing in the world series. And I was telling him like, it's so crazy because like growing up, 
like I don't know if I had that Daniel Snyder in me or what, but I just liked all those Native American teams. You know, I'm a Florida State fan. You know, um, you know, I was like, I didn't, I wasn't necessarily a Braves fan, but I was a Cleveland Indian fan a little bit. Like, you know, that was like my other team. You know, like uh, I like the colors. That was that like. And like I said, I was a I was a Falcons fan, and I played baseball, so I started kind of rooting for the Braves. Yeah. A bit more. Uh, well, well, kind of how you like how you fell in love with Deion Sanders was kind of how I looked at Kenny Lofton. You know, that was my I like guy. Kenny Lofton. Yeah, that I was my guy. I love stealing bases. That was my move. He stole home in the World Series. You know, like, and if you look if you look the way because I was small, but I was quick. Yeah, I was, I was ready to go at all times. Like. Yeah. You had to tell me not to go. I was, I'd hit a single, and I'm like, if you bobbled it, I'm taking two. At least I'm try. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I was telling try. him, and I was telling him, I got to make it down to Truist, you know, uh, the Braves' new stadium, because I went down there in January, and you know, I went to the district. I was down there. I was like at the Braves shop and everything, but obviously, it wasn't baseball season. So I didn't get to check it out. So, like, you know, if that Baltimore Braves World Series happens, I might have to try to get the truest, you know, as long as it doesn't mess up my uh, my budget because these Commander Cowboys Thanksgiving tickets are coming out the ass. Woo! I, look, but, I saw Giants-Cowboy tickets. Um, I think for Sunday oh. night? Said they were like, it was like 271. So that was on SeatGeek. So that 271 is the... Yeah, that ain't the fees yet either. Yeah, so like that's 271. And like I said, MetLife Stadium is I don't know how all NFL stadiums are, but it, it's awful. Like the 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 top section, I'm like, I don't even know why y'all built this. It's awful. It's like it's like you're sitting like this. It's like you're on a roller coaster. It's so far up. Like every time we I go to MetLife Stadium for different events through like my son's football league or when I went to a couple of games. <clears throat> I just look up there like, who would leave their house, pay for a ticket to sit up there? Yeah. Like I said, at least yep. give me cheaper concessions. Yeah, I learned that lesson the hard way because, you know. You I've been, to the Rockies game? No, no, no. I've been to a few NFL games. I've been fortunate <laughs> enough to be in the 100 sections and all that kind of stuff. But on this one particular game, uh, me and Lindsey's uncle, we went to – uh, Colorado and Texas A&M, and they were playing at Mile High a few years ago. Uh, but we but we bought the tickets like, or we got the tickets from off of Vet Ticks. So like, I was sitting yeah. up in section like five twenty, like I was literally on my Method Man status, you know. Excuse me as I kiss the sky, you know. So yeah. So so when I was talking to Adam, White Adam, that's high up too. Yeah, when I was talking to White Adam, we went to uh, the Falcons game this year against the Cardinals. Um, it was on New Year's Day. We went to that game this season, or this past season, and he was like, yeah, the tickets are in section 345. So after the mile high experience, I was like, 345? I can rock with that. And then when I got to the bins, to the compressor, 345 was the 500 at mile high. Like, I was yep. So that's, that was my lesson where, yo, you got to look at the seating chart every time when you go into a new stadium because they are not the same. But anyway, speaking of stadiums, Arrowhead is going to be rocking 
In less than two days, the Super Bowl champion again, Kansas City Chiefs. (laughs) With that man, Patrick Mahomes, bringing in Detroit, who got all the hype. And, hey, if you fans out there, because Mr. Logical already told y'all not to overreact to week one. If the Lions win this game, do not overreact. Because if you remember what Buffalo did last year, if you remember what Buffalo did last year. So, what's up, Mr. Logical? They (laughs) going listen. We talked about the, the the news that came out today, probably about seven or eight hours ago. Travis Kelsey hyperextended his knee. Andy Reid in a press conference, he said, you know, as simple as this is next man up. That's how we feel about every position here, yada, yada, yada. So, like, that's leaning me to believe that he's going to play. I don't know. Because I, I think know, I know those it. people better get Noah Gray on them fantasy teams. <laughs> nah, I think I think he's gonna play. They'll probably sit him down, sit him down, shoot him up Thursday, have him play, and then they have from Thursday until next Sunday to have him ready. But like, they're probably, they'll 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 get him ready for the game Thursday because he's not gonna miss the home opener post Super Bowl. Like that's if if he can hobble, they'll get him to where he can gallop. He just won't run any <laughs> deep routes. Uh, I think it's I think it's gonna be a good game. Like I'm, I'm buying the Detroit hype because Jared Goff was a quarterback that was a cast off. I don't know if it was his own doing. Like I don't I don't know what the rumors about whatever he said about McVay's now wife, then girlfriend, fiance, whatever their relationship status was. I'm not sure about that, but he was a cast off essentially. He was a good team. He was in a good city, and you get traded to Detroit. And Detroit, I mean, let's let's keep it a bean. It's not known right now as a thriving city. We talk about the Rust Belt of the Midwest is one of those cities where it's not it's not dope. Like not a lot of celebrities lined up to go, you know, have lunch and have paparazzi like he did in LA. So it was a way flashier, a less flashy city. But he has a coach as grimy and gritty as the city. Like he, they kind of take on the persona of the city, and he believes in them. And when the coach believes in the quarterback, the coach believes in the team, the coach preaches toughness, teaches tenacity. I think you can use that and essentially out-muscle a Kansas City team that may be a little bit more finesse than grit, especially without Chris Jones. I don't, I'm not sure how strong they are in the middle. I don't know what their linebacking core is going to be able to – you know, if if they don't get Chris Jones in the fold by Thursday, and if he's ready to go, even if they sign him today, which is you know it's about to be Wednesday here, I don't know if he's ready for tomorrow anyway. So maybe it's a situation where they show him, hey, we don't need you for thirty million dollars, we need you for twenty four million dollars, whatever the number is, or they come back and say, hey man, you want thirty five million dollars because we need you because Detroit ran right up the gut all night long and Jerry Goff didn't get touched all night long. Well, I would like to tell you that Kansas City still has some talent that can rush the passer. I just don't know how to pronounce none of their names. <laughs> right, but they got them. So I'm going to try. Felix. <laughs> Anna DK Uzuma. I'm going to roll with that. I apologize if that ain't even close. You know what I mean? But young and talented. George Karlaftis. Yep. Karlaftis, you know, uh, Mike Dana and B.J. Thompson. So, like, we talked about this offline a couple of weeks ago. Like, Kansas City has 
talent on defense. They're just young. Like they got McDuffie back there in the secondary. You know, they got Nick Bolton, our guy, the Super Bowl hero. You know, like they have talent on their defense. They're just young. Like they're not getting paid yet. So, like, people don't tend to think of them as good. I mean, obviously, Kansas City's defensive numbers don't necessarily look good as far as rankings or whatever, but somehow defense wins championships. They make plays because they know. Right. Tie game, one possession game, if we get Patrick the ball back, they will make something happen. Right. And I think Detroit believes. I think it's it's two teams that just – fully on believe in the like what they have and they have evidence to support what they believe. Right. Like right, a right. jet like the Jets, I don't know if the Jets as a team have enough to believe like, oh, if we get the ball to Aaron, this will happen. Whereas Detroit can be like, yeah, if we get the ball to Jerry Goff and it's fourth and one inside the 20 yard line in Lambo, Aaron Rodgers last game in Lambo, He's gonna make this throw. He's gonna make this play. You know, like so. I think that's that's the difference. That's yeah. The, and don't be and that, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked if Jared Goff gets up for this game. You know, remember the Monday night game against Kansas City. Granted, he was in 54, LA. 54 to fifty one. Yeah. So so you know, I it think might that, be I think every week, like I think each team had a defensive strip sack touchdown. Yeah. Uh just yeah. what. Tyreek Hill should never, ever, ever, ever be wide open. So you should never <laughs> miss that assignment. I don't care if you miss assignment on any other player in the league. Tyreek Hill, every play. It shouldn't even be a, a, a fancy play call. It should be, hey, you got Hill. Like that should right. be the communication. Right. So you don't come down here and he's standing in the end zone by himself like, just yeah. waiting on the ball like that, that that's, that's why that that's why happen. it always that's why it's always so funny right it's always easier said than done you know like when i watch people play against the warriors you know i'm like you whoever you is you yeah. you just follow steph wherever he go don't worry about nothing else that's happening on this court you just run with him but you can't fight that instinct of like I could jump down like i can, I can yeah. strip this ball from yeah, like, Mountain, you know, and then you look and then you look back and and you're Clean, like, oh, and steps at the rim. Yeah. Like, the so, bounce so, pass. so I get it. You know what I mean? Um, you know, Detroit is going to be without Jamison Williams, you know, serve, serving his suspension six games, you know, for Fandle. being a dumbass, you know, um, like he didn't hear about Cal- Calvin Ridley or whatever. But, you know, um, so first of all, you know, I've been going back and forth on this game, you know, like I really want to pull the trigger and pick Detroit, but. The more and more I think about it, it's Arrowhead. And Kansas City is used to being the target. You know, they are used to – they've been here. Like, so last year we talked about Buffalo. You know, Matt Stafford had never been in that position before of being the hunted, you know, and everybody trying to give you their best shot. Kansas City's been dealing with this for the last five years. So whether Kelsey plays or not, They've been here. They're going to find somebody to get the ball to. You know, like one day, McKinnon might be the guy. Pacheco going to get you the next week. You know, they got Sky Moore waiting, Kadarius Tony. They got Rasheed Rice, the rookie from SMU. So they still have ways to cut you, yeah. you know. And, and it may turn into, as I like to say, the death by a thousand paper cuts if they have to. And that's the thing is that Kansas City doesn't have to play a certain way. 
you know, like they'll take whatever the defense gives them. And Detroit went out and got their secondary. You know, they got Gardner Johnson now. They went and got Emmanuel Mosley. Did he get the right cleats? <laughs> I don't know. Got to make sure the cleats. I don't know. You got to make sure this field is right. If he slips one time, his Twitter is going to be on fire. Because they're like, yo, why are you slipping again? And then yeah. he's going to be out there. He's going he's gonna to he's gonna be one of the guys that gets you a penalty that keeps the drive going. Yep. And, 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 you know, but the pro like, so Detroit went out, they addressed their defense, you know, but the problem is this is game one. You're playing against them. Do and you you're playing at Arrowhead. Do you panic? Loudest, I think it's world record. Yes. Loudest football stadium. Yes. What yeah. NFL football stadium do you so, have? European football stadiums also have a record as well. Yeah, so if I'm a Detroit fan or, you know, if I'm somebody that's thinking Detroit's going to win this game or if I'm in that Detroit locker room, I got to hope that Jameer Gibbs is Austin Eckler or what Reggie, what we thought Reggie Bush would be. Like, move him around, get him in the slot, get him some quick bubbles, get him some quick dump-offs, and let him play in the open field because – I'm not the biggest Dave Montgomery fan. I think Kansas City can key on Ooh, him. Hold on, my bad, my bad. So hold on, I hate to cut you off. So I'm watching the the A's and the Blue Jays and Espinal. He hit uh he hit a little blooper to right field and on his back releases bat, it hit the catcher right in his nuts. Oh. Like the whole bat, like he let the bat go and it went straight back. Like the whole, the whole bat just hit him like that. Boom. Oh, he stayed in the game though, but like literally, caught, that's oh. why I was like, "Ooh, so my bad." Jameer Gibbs in the slot. Ooh. Ooh. Yo, the yeah. whole bat, so, dog. Like, so, so. <laughs> not top, not top ten play for sure. Yeah, so so you gotta hope that Jameer Gibbs is as good as advertised. You know, you gotta hope that he could get into open space and just make Kansas City defenders miss. Because Amon St. Ra, you know, he's gonna play from what I was reading, but he does have a bum ankle, so we'll see how he's doing. And uh they don't have Hawkinson anymore, you know, he's all up in Minneapolis now. So, you know, Jared Goff is gonna have to either win this game on his own. Or that Detroit defense is going to have to th- – those new additions are going to have to take off right away. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown's last name is just Brown. But his yeah. dad added the Saint Yep, because he said it's going to look good in the back of an NFL jersey. Yeah, because he's brother. got his brother, Equinibius. Yeah, he said that the name yeah. is going to look good on the back of a jersey, so he added Saint to it. I'm yeah. like, I think it's dope. I'm all about being, you know, good black dads. I'm one of them. You know, but and I don't know if I would name my son Sir Rutley because I think it's gonna. Oh my god, that throw was terrible. You know, well that's like, well that's like, uh, you know, uh, Kool Aid down in Alabama, Kool Aid McKinstry. You know, also known as Jaquincy. You know, like that's all I'm. Gonna, that's all I'm gonna say about it because I don't want to. We making the hell out of some names, boy. Yeah, I don't want to offend nobody. His uncle probably like, like, yo, just do me a favor. Stop adding syllables to like. Names that are already names like La Michael, like, like my cousin. Like, my cousin's name is Ladero. Yeah, like <laughs> like why, like why? You know what I mean. But uh, also for Detroit, you know, when it comes to the running game, Jamal Williams is gone. 
you know, NFL leader in rushing touchdowns last year. He's down in New Orleans now in the other dome. So you know, they didn't pay him. I know, you know, and I don't even think New Orleans gave him a lot of money, you know, but uh yeah, so so I like Kansas City in this game. You know, I, I, I tried to work with my simulator and everything, and I ended up on 31 to 27, you know, is what I had the final score be. So I think Detroit covers because I saw the spread at six and a half. So um, really? yeah. That's huge. That's, so, that's, so that's a huge spread for for Thursday, Thursday opening, opening night game. Yeah. Keep in mind Kansas City probably how many series you think their starters played together in the preseason yeah. like offense yeah i'll offense look it up again right one, now real quick twos, so i'm seeing five and a half three. now yeah five that's and a half that's still a touchdown yeah five and, a, five and a half over under is 53 and a half you know so like, i'm definitely geez. going over if i was making a bet i would definitely play the over in this game uh but i would and a half but I think I would I think I, I think I would take Detroit to cover because this is a statement game for Detroit. This is a chance, you know, for Dan Campbell. You know, we saw him going to Lambeau at the end of last year. And, you know, you brought it up. You know, if we can't make the playoffs, they can't either. So so you know, I love the fact that he said it at halftime. I know that's probably my favorite thing because most people would have saved it for the pre- post game press conference. Like, yeah, they sure would have said they would have said that was our message all week or something, you know. Yeah, but uh, like, we just got this message, so I'm telling the team. But yeah, so 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 like I like Detroit. I picked them to win the North, but I just think, as somebody would say, a wise man once said, this might be too much dip on their chip. Got a little too much dip on your chip. <laughs> much dip on your chip. Uh, I, I like the game. I like what the NFL does. I, at first, I wasn't a big fan of the Thursday night game. I'm still a proponent of like figuring out a better logistical element to it, where maybe teams coming off of their bye week play the Thursday game as as the season gets later. So that right, right, right. Teams playing, you know, like I think Baltimore or Cincinnati. We talked about their playing. Like a division game, Sunday, turnaround, Thanksgiving, playing another division game, and then playing another tough one after that. So I think that they could work at the logistics of that. Um, but I like the whole Super Bowl chant coming out, playing their home game. I remember Baltimore couldn't do it because they had a baseball game the I same wish. year, so they ended up playing their opening game against Denver in Denver. I think what good. I would like to see – and this is just me, of course, two five. I think what I would like to see is just open up the season with a Super Bowl rematch. Really? I mean, yeah, give me Chiefs and Eagles again. Honestly, I, I don't. I mean, hate. they play. They play later this season anyway. They play later. Like, yeah, they play later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just I would just start off the season with it. I, I, I don't. I think the intensity would be. Like if you had to go intensity one through five, I think yeah. an opening like it's probably like three and a half, four because guys are ready. I think a Super Bowl matchup, I think it's a guarantee five. Like you took a ring from us, and then you have to combat that with we took a ring from these guys, or they think they they think that our ring belongs to them. They think that they the think field we took, took the- it from them. <laughs> we think the field, the turf, that monster, turf monster, grass monster. <laughs> Tripped them all up and took their oh. ring. So 
I think, uh, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Yeah, I mean, look at the NBA, right? We got Denver and uh, L.A., you know, Western Conference Finals rematch, you know. Uh, You know, I mean, obviously, Suns and Warriors was for a different reason, but, you know. Yo, the NBA loves, they love that stuff. And the NFL is getting on par with it. People talk about the NFL losing its ratings and, oh, we don't, listen, we going to watch. We talk We going to watch. Since oh, hold on. Who, who are you podcast. picking to win? You picking Kansas City to win? I'm gonna go with Kansas City just because that's that was my original, you know, pick that I went with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if Detroit won because I think Detroit's a little bit more whole. Uh-huh. Because like I'm just I'm banking on Kelsey playing. Right. I'm banking on Kelsey playing, and you talked about the young secondary. They're young and 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 fast, and they, and all they know is success. So that could be another thing is like they don't know what is they don't know what a bad season in the NFL looks like because right. they have 15, they got 87, they got Andy Reid. Eric Bieniemy not being there would probably hurt most teams. Like, but the fact that it's Andy Reid's system with Eric Benet, Eric Bieniemy seasoning on the system <laughs> that he and they got Nagy, you know what I mean? So it's still a dude that grew up in that yeah. system. Grew up in that system, knows the language, and he is knows. It Nagy he knows or is it Nagy? I, Matt, I think it's Matt Nagy. I think Matt Nagy just flows better, but it could be Nagy. Like yeah. the Kelsey, I guess their last name is pronounced Kels. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> sounds stupid. Just, yeah, so they just keep going <laughs> with Kelsey. I remember so, my man, uh, Keenan McCardell. <laughs> yo, I remember. Yo, Jacksonville's like it feels like they're a new franchise. It was like I watched some old non-HD left-handed Mark Brunel footage, and they played against John Elway. I'm like, they've been around that long. Hey, you remember what they did to Marino? Did they retire? Sixty-two to seven in the playoffs. Sixty-two to seven. It was the best quarterback ever. When we were we were gonna get Carolina versus Jacksonville in the Super Bowl. I know they both were in championship so games. Yeah. And I was and I was thinking, like, yo, that's crazy. Two expansion teams could play in the Super Bowl. And I think Carolina I ended up so winning bad. winning out. Yeah, I wanna say that, yeah, I wanna say that was uh the was year it. where the kicker kicked it out of bounds and Tom Brady got it at the uh you know, they got the short field for Vinatieri to go with it. Because he's the load, the luckiest of all time. Got you sound just like him. <laughs> I've been practicing that a lot. <laughs> Yo, like, I, I like listening to these other podcasts. Um, Like, I get the clips. Like I'm saying, we're, we're going to like so we're gonna start doing our shorts and stuff like that and start adding and just start yeah. bolstering our yeah. how much material we share with you guys. So, like, just bear with us. Like I said, thank you, everybody who's, who's currently a fan. We're gonna start getting to that. Um, Gilbert Arenas has great clips. Him, because he has Rashad McCants, uh, Pat Bev was on there. He normally Kenya has Martin. Kenya Martin's on there, and he has what's the other? It wasn't Jeff T. Brandon Jennings. Yeah, Brandon Jennings. And yeah. Pat Bev and Rashad McCants, they were going at it because they had like a personal beef, right? Like from a workout when they both worked out for the Lakers, and he was like, "Yo, I ain't have to do all that." They opened the door for me. He was like, that's your problem. He's like, I had to, and Pat Bev was like, I had to kick the door in. Like, that's why I'm still in the lead. Like, that was your problem. You would have stayed in if you, and then he says something about, let me hope, because Chris Kantz wears a crown. 
Yeah. And he was like, let me get that crown to see how light it is. And Bashar McCann's obviously not paying attention. It was like, oh, he want to be me. He want to win my crown. I was like, dog, you didn't even hear what he said that yeah. he, he, ins- he, he yeah. insulted you. Yeah. But all you heard was this, he this the crowd. This, this validation that you you're trying to seek through this these actions. Yo, I had such high hopes for him coming out of college, and like it just all went wrong. Like I think there was some mental health stuff in there. You know, he was doing like theater or something at one point. You know, yeah. from from what I could gather, it just seemed like ego. Yeah, just, like because in that in that conversation, even though that conversation was by only two or three minutes, sometimes it's all you really need to kind of gauge. Like, okay. This is where it went wrong for you. Like, you ever talk to someone and they're telling you about how their relationship went bad, and you listen to how they talk about it and like the words they use to describe, you know, and and the tone they use to describe their actions versus the tone they use to describe, like, you know, what's happening is like, yeah, well, I can see, I can see where this went sideways. You're lacking a little bit of self awareness, and what Pat Bev was saying to him was like, yo, I had to work. I had to come from overseas and he was like, man, we won't worry about some dude coming from overseas. Like he was talking about Pat Bev. He could have said, I wasn't worried about you coming from overseas because I was securing my spot because I worked X, Y, Z. He was making it seem like, Oh, they already had a spot for me. I did the workout as a favor. Just this real braggish is like, they could have gotten anybody to do the workout. If it was a favor, like you were working out for a spot. Right, you want to make it seem like because you had an agent and the agent puts you onto this, you know, it just was like you could just tell in that in that conversation that it was less about it was less about talent and more about just drive and yeah, you know, people can see that it's like everybody can't be Kobe, yeah, we get it, everybody can't be Kobe, but you can tell when someone is nowhere near the level of drive you need for your team. And I think that that plagues a lot of guys because it's a lot of guys that should. I think Demarcus Cousins one of those guys that should have gotten more of a shot. He got injured because he was on his way to getting like a hundred million dollars. Got injured a few times, but he got injured when he was about in his contract year. Yeah, yeah, he's about to sign a good deal. Him and Anthony Davis were together. Like I would have loved to have seen that for another year or something. Yeah, but New Orleans would have butchered it somehow. Cause yeah, they probably would have. Um, you know, but but yeah, like you know, but no, there's there's always these cautionary tales. You know, I mean, Brandon Jennings was one like that. You know, where he got hurt. You know, where he had the 55 point game. He came in the league calling out Ricky Rubio, and then like just fell off the face of the earth. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, don't play injured. He was on his way to get a hundred million dollar deal. Back Dennis up the Bricks truck. Dennis Schroeder should have signed his eighty-four million. Dummy. Uh, who? Uh, Victor Oladipo should have Dummy. signed his deal. Uh, so it's just sometimes you need, like, fortunate for me, you know, my father. See, he had it. He had it right there. He had a game seven in Cleveland. You know, saying he had the chance. Yeah. Everyone has a chance. <laughs> no, not Rashad McCant's team against the Nuggets. <laughs> yeah, Lebanon versus Denver. World champion of what? Another thing, I don't understand why Noah Lyles said that. Like, that's my, this is like, you just achieved your own personal, like the premise you put out there, like y'all right, won all right. three. 
I don't want I don't want the focus to be on anybody else in that moment. I'm right. talking about me, my 100, my 200, and the team four by 100. Like that's all you need to be said. You were going to get the buzz because you are, you know, quote unquote, the fastest man in the world. As but he wasn't right going to get the buzz. But that's the thing. Like he was going to be talked about, but he wasn't going to get what he got. Yeah, but did it get him anything? Like it's not going to get him a sponsor. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's been being talked about for like two weeks now, like versus two days. Okay, but if I'm if I'm an exec for Nike, am I going to get him? Like, I don't know if they do signature cleats for track athletes, but I don't know. I would hope Michael Johnson got someone back. I know he had the gold cleats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you but you know like pulled up against Ben Johnson. But that's just what we roll with nowadays. Like you're just trying to be viral. You're trying to be. The talk of conversation or whatever you're trying to be relevant. Like I said, and we and we worked, we did it. Like I said, we shifted, get it off my chest to the front. You know, something it's something you know real juicy happens. We can really get you know really get deep into it. But I mean, for the most part, people just kind of create these viral moments, like world champion or what. It was a great soundbite. Yeah. Uh, Drake. Well, I mean, you don't see you don't see man you don't see Man City out here calling themselves. World champions for winning the Champions League or for winning the Premier League. Like, I mean, like cool. Man, Man like, City's more like, of a world champion than the Nuggets are. Negative. <laughs> Send me, give me the Turkish champion. Give me, let's let's do a Champions League around the world, every basketball league, and have them come to. They can go back to the bubble. <laughs> they can play without fans, without hostility, just. On nope, that because... same court where the king got his crown, got his damn respect, and we can see what happens. Because realistically, it's like, yeah, they are the like, world champs. Like, all your best players are running over here to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember when I was stationed in Germany, football, like, they had tackle football. But they had a rule, like, you couldn't have more than three Americans on the field at one time. <laughs> like, on your team. Because it's like, the three Americans, defensive linemen, two DNs, and a linebacker can destroy an average, you know, football team learn how to play football because that's not their sport. I remember women's softball. The women, the American women's softball team was beating the world so badly they took it out the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> it's flat. Like that's that's if you're gonna talk about an Olympic sport, that's more of an Olympic sport than Batman or ping pong. But the women were beating you the world so bad, yeah, that they take it out because certain sports we have, and they are the world champs. So football, world champs. Yeah, like we should beat them in cricket. Baseball, it might be a little bit because a lot of our players are from the Dominican, Dominican Republic, Cuba. Yeah, yeah. So they might, you know, that's why they had a World Baseball Classic, and but you know, they that's more of a crazy thing to call themselves world champs because it's like, yeah, well, you know. Oh, that's why I had brought up when we were talking about the uh, the NBA end season tournament or whatever. That was something that I had brought up. Like, you know what I mean? I thought initially before we got the details of what it was going to entail, I thought it was going to be something like that, like kind of like a mini FIBA, you know, or but no, actual but, but actual real teams versus like the national teams or whatever, you know. Um, so you got the Denver Nuggets versus the Turkish Nuggets versus the 
Ireland Nuggets, and they're all playing the champ, like all the champions from around the world. Yeah, we're not the names. We need the names. People, yeah, I know, but but like that's I, why I, Christmas the Christmas Day games over there. That's why I the still Knicks don't like it. I still don't. I still don't like the tournament. Like, I mean, I guess I gotta wait for it to happen, but I still you gotta don't like see because I didn't like the play in when it first started. I still don't like the play in, but I don't. But I don't. I don't. I don't like. I mean, I like the play in just because it's more basketball. Like it's basketball for me to watch. But you know what I mean. But I'm not necessarily well, a fan. like I said because like you're the one that's always complaining about. Well, all the league makes the playoffs anyway, so like you know. Oh no, no, I just, I just think it's like it's for argument's sake as a as a player who wants like a certain amount of money. I don't think you use the playoffs as your piece because it's like, well, sixty six percent of your league makes the playoffs. You got to have a different thing. And you think like, if the Lakers would have lost their uh, playing game to the T Wolves, people would have still said like LeBron made the playoffs? <laughs> I think so. I think people still the stats don't count. <laughs> I think I think people did wait, hold on. The first year in the play in they they beat and then they lost to Phoenix. And that's when his the the groin the AD grind. Right. At right, first right. LeBron was he didn't care about the play in until the Lakers were in it and then he was like, I fucking hate this. Whoever came up with this needs to be fired. Right, right, right. And then he was like, nah, he's you know, so it, it comes and goes. It's just sometimes when you're that polarizing, should you say people remember? Because at first, I didn't think, I thought it was dumb. I thought, like, listen, one through eight, you make it. But then I started thinking about living here and wanting to go to games. So, right. Well, it's to be a little competitive. Um, and Miami making over to the NBA finals kind of gives the play in a little bit more credibility. Uh huh. Whereas they probably, I mean, yeah, the Lakers made the conference finals. Lakers made the conference finals. Yeah, uh, this in season tournament though, I mean, it's nothing. It's just it regular season games. Did. It's not even a tournament. It's just regular season games that you put in a format. No, but they play the tournament in Vegas. No, I know, but it's still like the regular. Yeah, I season. think that's the same. I think that's the same way every league does it that has that kind of thing. Like, that has a kind of end season tournament they use the regular season matchup. Well, like, like well, like in college basketball, you know, they have like the Maui Classic and you know the Battle for Atlantis or whatever. That's like six to eight teams that participate in this tournament. But they select you know? those teams, you know. No, so I know, they, but but yeah. it wasn't based on like merit though. It wasn't like, hey, you guys won your conference last year. Why don't you come play in this tournament? It's just like, hey. We got to fill up a spot on ESPN. Why don't we get Kentucky to come? You know what I mean? Whereas with the NBA, like, I don't think have it, referring to it as a tournament, at least I would like to think, isn't going to just make more people watch it. I think the play-in, the, the, the pushback people have for the play-in originally, and now we got three or four seasons worth of data, at least four. Three, Something right? like that, yeah, yeah. Three yeah. or four. Yeah. So they're looking like, well, we added this piece to it. It didn't drive people completely crazy. Let's see if we can get this other bump. Because they probably were just lacking simply because they use the same – they're using the same faces on every marquee. All these guys are going to the same team. So the Lakers, you get AD, uh, 
uh, LeBron, obviously. Then you have the Golden State marquee. You just you need you need faces around like the New York City marquee. Like Jalen Brunson is a good basketball player, but his face on a marquee isn't as polarizing as Carmelo Anthony's face. Yeah, but they got Julius Randle. Cut it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, you just—I think you just—you just—they just need to find other ways to just fill in this time and like maybe maybe people will be into the tournament. Guys are competitive enough. We've seen I mean, like, off-season uh, videos and off-season workouts when they're playing up here in New York at Lifetime the, Fitness. The, the thing that I, I think would help the tournament be successful is that you could just make it a destination thing. Like you and your homeboys could just get together and be like, yo, let's go to Vegas or whatever. And you're seeing this game, you know. But as far as like being a TV product, you know, I don't see how it pushes some kind of. It'll be the only thing on. So that's one thing. It was going to be the only thing on, even if it wasn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, Like, it's still on NBA Tuesday night. You got Orlando playing against the Wizards. You got, you got, uh, you know, Lakers versus Clippers, you got Sixers. I'm gonna be watching Milwaukee. Duke against Kansas. How about that? You know, so you, you have all that. So when you have the actual tournament in Vegas, it's going to be the only game on. I think the NBA is hoping that you get some of your marquee players in that tournament. So expect a lot of whistles on Steph Curry three-point attempts landing violations so they can get him there get lebron there it's definitely maybe not john morant i don't know if they want him well he's suspended anyway he won't i don't know if he'll be back he won't but but no i think i think it's a good chance to showcase like you know you have your people like uh well well i was thinking not them not them come on man we're better marketing we're better marketers than that no but i'm saying like you can't market no, I'm not. I'm not saying market per se. I'm you just saying having. I'm just saying having them on TV at some point, like because otherwise the Pistons ain't gonna be on TV, or you know what I mean. I don't like, think the, they care who's on. The TV. Rockets ain't gonna they, be on TV. No, I just the, mean for the, the fans. Yeah, the NBA wants the teams. You've been to Vegas. You see the size of these billboards and the size of the yeah they could do. They want to be able to put Jason Tatum and. Steph Curry on a billboard right. out by the MGM or in every casino casino that's out there. Right. They want to be able to put AD and LeBron and Giannis and Chris Middleton on another billboard somewhere in the city. Chris because, Middleton, huh? Like, because Giannis you gotta, on that shit by itself. Or Giannis on Giannis, <laughs> Giannis and LeBron both standing, you know, with that imposing. No disrespect to my South Carolina peoples. Like the standing like that. Like they they want that. They want Steph Curry and maybe De'Aaron Fox, but you want Steph Curry on that. So I would expect a lot of calls in some of these games that are going to be considered these play-in type games to get them seating for the tournament to to have Tatum, Jalen Brown, Embiid, uh, maybe who's the who's the young hotness? Maybe Orlando. Maybe Orlando's got enough buzz. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe you get the, get, get the rookie back. of the year out on TV. You know, get Bon Carroll on TV. Yeah, I don't know if you can get San Antonio to it, but if you could, come on. Like, especially if if, if Victor Wembanyama turns out to be, you know, like a pretty good rookie, twenty two points, twelve rebounds, right? You know, 
three or you know two and a half block shots. San Antonio looks decent. Popovich looks energetic on the sideline. He's doing those crazy in between quarter interviews where he says all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, they got Tyus Jones' little brother running the point. Yeah, so I I think the NBA is trying to they're trying to create because they know. Yo, I got a few years left of KD, Steph, LeBron, Giannis, Embiid, Harden, Kyrie. You got Luka for a while. Got Trey Young for a while. But I don't, like, I think all the pieces you're going to lose, I don't know if there's replacements for that. I don't know who's your new Steph. Who's that? Like, I mean, Steph, that's that's a, a high mountain to climb. But, like, who's that? Well, I mean, you, you, got, you got SGA. I mean, he ain't gonna do it the same way that Steph looks, obviously. But is his saying, personality like, big enough? Is it, hey, he said he him? wasn't playing the All Star. He wants some more money for the All Star games. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, is he? Can you send him to China and sell out arenas there? Because you know, you could drop. Back in the day, maybe they could drop Kobe off. They could drop right, Dwight Howard right, off. They could drop right. Steph off. LeBron, you just drop these guys off in China. Be like, yo, LeBron's here, and then like people just come out and just watch him shoot. He could do his warm up routine, and everybody like the gym would be the arena would be packed. Right. You know, do do you have that? Anthony Edwards is a guy I think they should really, they should have him on TV a lot. Minnesota should figure out how to keep the team together. Don't make any drastic, crazy trades. Just keep that team together because he's funny. He's a he's funny. Is he's personable? Like I saw a video the other day. And the guy was like, uh, I think it was from a few years ago. They were like at a hotel room, like some kind of basketball AAU trip or something like that, like or like post, like maybe pre NBA draft trip. And he was like, "Who's the toughest guy you had to guard?" And he was like, "Oh, Cam Reddish." And then this other guy said, like, "Yeah, Cam gave." He's like, "Yeah, Cam gave me forty four. And then Anthony Edwards made his face. <laughs> he was like, "How much to give you?" He was like, "Listen, I'll be. I wasn't guarding him the whole time, but uh." He gave our team more than 44. And it just was like his personality. You could just tell what he's just kind of like. He was like eating like some some peanuts or something. He just stayed yeah. like 44. Okay. He's like, he gave us more than that. You know, so it just That's was like that dude. kind of personality. You know, that was another that was dude. He was, he was supposed to be this great shooter. And I don't think I ever seen him make a shot. And then, uh, but then like as the draft came, they started comparing him to T-Mac and everything. So like, you know. Cam Reddish. Yeah, so I don't know where it all went wrong for him. Like I was never sold on him, but I just, I just, everybody else seemed to like, you know, like when they were doing the thing, they were like Zion, you know, because he was on that team with Zion and R.J. Barrett, and you yeah, know, there were there were people that were like, "Yo, he's hands down going to be better than R.J. Barrett," you know, and like he might not be better than Matisse Thybul. Maybe some guys just they just need their shot. They need they need to be in the right place. Yeah, maybe you know, what I'm saying I'm not giving up on them yet because I mean these dudes are young. You know what I mean? Like, you know that's the thing we talked about that with the quarterbacks. You know, if they don't come hit the ground running, you know we give up on them. But I mean, Cam Reddish maybe one day he could average 16 for somebody. You know, and you know be a part, an instrumental part of a conference finals run or something like that. And Despite listen, man, everybody, everybody, needs a, everybody needs every young athlete that gets drafted to the league needs to sit down and talk with Tony Dungy about how to be successful in the league. Because Steven Jackson told a story that after the Malice in the Palace, he said Tony Dungy came to his house 
Yeah. Sat down, talked to him. Was like, "Yo, like, this is your opportunity, and it get taken away very quick if you continue to do stuff like that." Like, he's like, "You can still be you, but you gotta recognize that it comes with consequence." And I think, I think he balanced it out. Like, I think he's still authentic. I think he's still like mad at the world, and he'll say whatever about whomever. But he still knows, like, I gotta still keep this podcast afloat. I still gotta, you know, keep it authentic. Like the most most gangster shit I've ever heard anybody do when he left his girl at the altar because she wouldn't sign the prenup. Yeah. It was like he was like, listen, you go play me. I was like, and people was like, Oh, that's so shallow. It was like, eh, you had it for months. <laughs> you had this document for a while. And he was like, Listen, she kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And I was like, All right, you keep putting it off, and I'm gonna be off. Right. <laughs> he took off. So but sometimes you just you just you might just need the right space, right opportunity, or maybe your career is a lot like D'Angelo Russell, where you you're a bit of a like a hired gun. You go somewhere for a couple of years, you get traded. You know, maybe you go somewhere for a year, you sign a two year deal, you get a year and a half of it. They buy you out. You go to your next place. Some people just you might just be a journeyman. It might not be you might not be the type of personality that can just sit in one system for. X amount of years and just kind of right. keep listening to the same coach over and over again and same arena and that same routine. Maybe a little bit more flexible and they, they try to lock you into a box. So I mean yeah. it's the talent level that these guys have, it just it just kind of baffles me that a lot of guys don't get they get the run in college, but they don't get this it doesn't transfer to the NBA when the hoops the same height and the dudes are the same size. Right. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. Like I said, I'm not on board with it yet. We'll see what happens when it actually when we actually see it playing. I probably will be watching, you know, Duke and Kansas or like Michigan State or somebody, you know. So like, you know, it won't phase me either way. I mean, I'll be flipping the channels, but you know, I don't think I'm going to go out of my way. I'm always watch. now for a, a, any excuse to go to Vegas. So if the marquee looks right, even if it doesn't look right. Yeah, prices look right because they're trying to get the they're trying to fill the arena. I might be in there with my little Kyrie jersey on, checking the game out, see who makes it. Yeah, but long as it's not even if it's Detroit, Houston, Orlando, and Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it it will test also, you know, time for Jordan. Time for Jordan Poole to show his leadership. You never know. And it could test the NBA. Do we get a team in Vegas temperature? Hey, while y'all playing, while you up here playing, you know, we got two NBA champions. You know what I'm saying? We got Jordan Poole and Killer Coos. You know what I'm saying? We got leadership, baby. Yo, those dudes have gotten more side eyes from the star <laughs> on their team mid-play than any other players I've hey. ever seen. Kuzma Look, is the one, one dude time. that got away with pushing LeBron and telling him to go play defense. <laughs> Yo, Kuzma came down the lane one time and turned and threw the thing over the back of his head like this and fell. And LeBron looked at him like, <laughs> it just yeah. walked away. And other people lift him up because it's like, when do we practice that? When do we practice you coming down the lane out of this set? Like, hey, never. As soon as, as soon as he told LeBron to play defense, I said, oh, he ain't going to be here much longer. You know what I'm saying? But, yo, 
<laughs> Sports reports is ordered. You know what I'm saying? We had to get that in there. You know, coming at you, coming at you Thursday. You know, we probably going to preview some games this weekend. NFL getting underway fully. You know, more college football to come. So, you know, we'll be back. You know, that is Mr. Logical. I am 2-5. Like, share, review, subscribe. subscribe. It's free. All of that. Do it. You know, Sam, we love you too much for you not to do it. Peace. <laughs>